are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Amy Scott is a pioneer of the nomad movement, starting after her cousins convinced her to quit her job in 2004. 13 years later, she's a podcaster and freelance editor with several other income streams to support her lifestyle. She's seen the digital nomad world go through many changes and developments through the years. This is Amy from Nomadtopia. Let's do this. What's up, nomads? Uh, This is Beck. We're here for the Nomad Me podcast slash vlog if you're watching on YouTube. Today, we've got Amy Scott in the house. Amy, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's really good to have you, Amy. You have you are one of the pioneers uh, of, of the, the nomad movement, right? I mean, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, since two thousand four. That's a while. It's really it's really the longest while of anyone that I've interviewed so far. I think. Yep. I mean, Kit was. I think she's at nine years right now. Yeah. Yeah. She just hit nine. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about how you got started. Like how, how did that happen? (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that, um, it's just like the right combination of things coming together, right? Like the first thing that happened was, um, thanks to some cousins of mine, I got this crazy idea that I should quit my job and travel around the world. And, I told my boyfriend at the time that we should do this and he was all on board. And then about, I guess like uh, halfway into the planning process, which was long, uh, he decided he didn't want to go and that he wanted to break up. <laughs> so I took the trip by myself and um, that just really kicked everything off. I mean, understandably after that, I didn't really want to go back to an office And I was in a good position because I'd been working for a publishing company. Actually, I worked for a travel guide publisher. So I was not the first person to quit to travel. And when I worked in the office, I had people who I worked with every day. I was in charge of, you know, working with authors and hiring editors and proofreaders. And they lived all over the country. And we had one woman who lived in Costa Rica so this is back in you know the early 2000s, and I already knew then, thanks to these people that I was hiring all the time, like, hmm, yeah, so you could just have a laptop and like work anywhere. That sounds like a good idea. And so that was what I did, basically, when I didn't want to go back to the office. Um, since I already had those connections and those skills, I basically hung up my shingle as a freelance editor, and that was almost 13 years ago. <laughs> so that's a very short version. Yeah, no, I'm sure. It sounds, you know, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that's happening now, you know, it's a similar story, but it, the the amazing thing about it is that it was in 2004. Right. There's so few people, I mean, you see there's already someone in Costa Rica. That's, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know what I was doing in 2004. Like, I just, <laughs> high school or something. I can't. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so, and I forgot to mention you run a, you run a nomad podcast now. That's mm-hmm. first, which I have been on. I don't remember what episode it was, but um, very enjoyable. How long has your podcast been running? Oh gosh, technically it's been like three and a half years, but I've taken a couple breaks. Um, I just tomorrow I'm putting out episode 135. Wow. So it's been you know a fairly long stretch, even with the breaks. 
Mm. And that's been weekly most of the time, right? The time. Yeah, it's been weekly when it's been on. And then I took, I think the first year or after about a year, I took like two or three months off. And then the next year I ended up, I thought it would be like two months. I ended up taking like eight months off or something crazy like that, um, which was kind of unintentional. But I also think I really just needed a break. Um, and now I'm coming up on kind of another year cycle on and I'm actually switching from weekly to monthly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, sometimes, you know, you gotta like make way for new projects, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so in the time since you got started being a nomad, what is, what is, what are the big changes? What's developed? How it must be very, very different now. Yeah. For me personally, or you mean kind of the whole nomad oh, world start with, uh, let's start with the whole nomad world. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the main thing is that it's just become such a thing, you know, that I'm no longer um, the only one doing it. <laughs> Special Amy. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, I mean, the, there's certainly nice things about that, right? To, um, there's more people to connect with, more people who are on the same path, um, which is always nice. And I think the funny thing that happens is for a lot of us, once we get connected with other people doing the same thing, it starts to seem normal and we forget how really not normal it is in the grand scheme of things, right? Like most of the world is not living this way. Um, but it's easy to get kind of in our nomad bum bubble and be like, oh yeah, everyone's doing it, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, it's a, yeah, it's like a happy little family in a lot of ways. Um, for me personally, things have changed a ton and it's, you know, this is something I talk about a lot on my podcast is just that it's a constant work in progress and I think it needs to be um, for most people for it to really last, you know. Um, I've been through a lot of different phases. So the first was quitting my job to travel. So, you know, at that point I wasn't working, I was just living off of savings um, then started working for myself and kind of bouncing around the U S just trying to get the business established. Then I moved to Argentina and I thought maybe I would be there for six months, maybe a year. I ended up staying there for five years and met my husband there. <laughs> uh, and then we started traveling more full time together after that. And, um, and we were pretty full on with the travel for, let's see, maybe three years, three or four. And the last couple of years we've been slowing down, um, spending more time in a couple of places in Mexico. Um, and now we're in Mexico city and, uh, who knows what the next phase will be, but, um, you know, it's something to, I think it's important to constantly be not constantly, but often kind of check in with yourself and look at, you know, what's working for you. What's not working for you. Are you getting what you need? Um, out of the way that you're living and the work that you're doing and all of that. And, and if you're not, you know, make some changes. Yeah, definitely. When you say getting what you need, like that's such an interesting uh, thing to think about. I think a lot of people don't think of it like that. They're just like, yeah. oh, I love traveling. I'm going to go. And then they like burn out or there's something missing for them or they're like depressed or, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's so common with nomads and it's, it's something people don't really talk about. Wow. Yeah. How do you define like what you need? Well, that's a good question. And I mean, yeah, part of it is that, I mean, that's really the way that I have kind of defined the, this idea of the modern nomad is that 
um, it, you know, drawing on traditional nomads, like we're people who go where we can get what we need. Like if a traditional nine to five and a traditional life and you know, whatever that looks like for you is not working for you, then you can pick up and move somewhere else. You can travel full time. You can, you know, do all of these things and therefore get what you need. Um, I mean, I think to break down, like trying to figure out what you need, I guess it's a matter of looking at, well, first of all, what's important to you, you know, in just in terms of values and like how you want to live your life. And also in terms of um, just the kinds of experiences you want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, actually, I think what a lot happens to a lot of people, part of the reason they burn out, I've heard a lot of people tell me this on my own podcast, is that they get to a point where they are feeling they're missing community and finding that when you're moving around constantly, it's hard to develop that. Um, and you know, you can have it online for sure. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people slow down and, and, or have a home base cause it's nice to be able to, you know, start to develop some kind of in-person community, whether it's a place you keep coming back to, or you spend more time there. Um, I feel like there should be a checklist. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's so many things that are developing for nomads, right? I want there to be a checklist of like, okay, how close do you, how regularly do you want to see your family? Do you want to be somewhere that's like, you know, able to go back? Like, do you want to travel with a partner? Then you need to focus on finding a partner. Stop right. Doing that because you, that's what you need to make yourself happy. Like, yeah. Actually, you know what? I started making a quiz of exactly this a couple of years ago. And it got so complicated. I, I wanted it to be like, you know, answer all these questions and then it'll spit out like, you should be this kind of nomad, right? It's this great idea. Yeah, I thought it would be perfect, but it got so complicated. I actually ended up turning it into a book. <laughs> so I have an ebook that's basically just that. It's all of the questions that I wanted to put in the quiz. And I'm like, well, I can't spit out the answer for you, but here's a lot of the things I think it's important to look at in figuring out what your nomadopia looks like. So, yeah. That's really cool. Um, um, so what about, how, what are you doing for money right now? Let's say, let's, how do you support yourself on the road? Yeah. So really ever since, um, that day I was talking about back in 2005 that I decided I was going to be a freelance editor, that has been my main source of income and it still is. Uh, so yeah, these days I mostly edit, um, books and primarily nonfiction and I mostly work with, uh, self-publishing authors. So, you know, people who don't have the support of a publishing company, so they need to hire their own editor. Um, so that's far and away my biggest income stream and has been all of these years, um, I have other things that have come in over the years through um, a couple online courses I did related to writing and editing, and um, then through Nomadtopia. So I've had sponsorships for the podcast, um, you know, affiliate marketing. Um, I've run a couple of my own courses. I do one-on-one coaching, and I have um, my new online community as well, the Nomadtopia Collective. So all of those have been, you know streams as well. I would say they're definitely streams rather than rivers. <laughs> so I'm working on shifting that. Huh? All my little trickles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, there, um, my goal is to 
scale down the editing and scale up the nomadtopia side of things. Um, but it's been, it's been a, a work in progress for sure. And it's, I think part of it is because it's hard to balance multiple things, right? Like when I have a full client load, there's like no time to do any of my nomadtopia stuff. And then when I get really focused on nomadtopia, like the editing work dries up because I never talk about it. Right. So it's, it's, that's a constant, um, balancing act for sure. How would you, um, your method not method of travel but like you know when you go to a, when you're supposed to start out you go to mexico or something and you're like ah, like ah, and you're doing work and then some client fires you and you're like you know because you're out doing stuff i'm sure that that's changed for you in many ways over the years how's that affected you the way that you travel and the way that you live yeah well in a way i think um I started, I almost, I don't know. I almost feel like I did it in reverse. Like I was really serious about work at the beginning. And in fact, when I first moved to Buenos Aires, I remember there were days um, I'd be like, hold up on my apartment all day editing. And I was like, like, what is the point? Like, why am I in Argentina if I'm just, you know, <laughs> sitting in this room all day, right? But at the same time, I could walk out the door and oh my God, I'm in Buenos Aires. That's amazing. And I was going out like practically every night. And so I was able to balance the two that way. <laughs> Buenos Aires, for anyone who's been there, they know it's a great uh, nightlife city. Um, so that balance at the time worked well for me that I was actually able to get a ton of work done and, you know, still enjoy the city and enjoy life because there's so much happening at night there. Um, and then when Roberto and I started traveling together, I think there was definitely a period um, where we were moving around more. We were going to more new places. And um, I think there were definitely some challenges with that. But I also had already been working for myself long enough by that point to know that, like, okay, I've got to have a plan and I've got to make sure that, you know, I'm dependable for my clients and all of those things. And so I never had it totally just like fall apart for me, I think. Um, but yeah, needless to say, the style of travel has definitely changed. And, um, and I also have recognized, like, for example, a couple years ago, I was launching a program and we were in Asia, but I knew I really wanted to be in one place to do the launch and then run the program. And so we purposely scheduled our travel around that because I knew I didn't want to be like changing location every week and then trying to, you know, scramble to make it all happen. Yeah. So what is the pace that you travel at now? Uh, you know, the last two years, it's been like very slow. I mean, like 12 months in the same apartment with a couple forays outside, you know, elsewhere. I mean, we've been, um, we've been enjoying spending time in the same place, you know, and like we were talking about like having local community and just, um, yeah, just kind of having a little bit more of a, you know, normal life in a way, but being able to choose where we do that. Yeah, that's important. Um, what have you thought about, I mean, in, have you thought about quitting and, <laughs> when and under what circumstances and what made you want to keep going? Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I was just telling you before that um, someone interviewed me for my podcast and she asked me the same question. So it's interesting that that comes up. 
Um, the, I would say no, I haven't thought about quitting, but mainly because to me, the point or for me, the focus is really on being location independent. It's not necessarily on being nomadic. And so like, I mean, honestly, we just signed a 12 month lease on an apartment in Mexico city. Like some people might think that's quitting, right? Like, Oh, you're just going to stay there. Like, what are you doing? You're buying furniture. Like what's up with that? But the fact that we're location independent means that we could choose where we wanted to do that. We can choose how long we stay. We can choose, you know, everything about it. So, um, yeah. So focusing on location independence gives you, you know, a blank slate to really do whatever you want with that. Right. Whether it means traveling full time or traveling almost not, not at all or something in the middle. So in that sense, um, I guess I would say, unless I like go get a job that requires me to be in the same place every day, like there is no quitting, so to speak, you know? Yeah. I was going to say like, what would that even look like? Like, yeah, move back to the States and get a job. Like, right. Yeah. No. Um, and, and I like that you differentiate between nomads and remote, um, location dependence. <laughs> My brain's like, um, <laughs> Yeah, because I feel the same. I, I mean, I have right now a 12-month lease in Bangkok, which mm-hmm. I'm about to cut short, actually. Which sort of on my butt. Um, and uh, these things, you know, having a having a home base, I mean, I guess it, I don't know. What is the real definition of being a nomad? Most people that I right. have, like, are semi-nomadic, if anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they have a home base somewhere, and then they just travel around from there. There's very few people... Uh, that are actually fully nomadic that I know that kind of don't have a home at all that they maybe have a box of their stuff at the mum's house or something right and and I while I am about to go nomadic again I can't see myself doing that for that long mm-hmm. actually I want to I mean right now I own like nine pillows which is obviously excessive but um you know like I I want to own some stuff and like have a place to call home and dump my yeah Basically, just a place to dump your crap between trips. Totally. Something about it, you know, like. But I mean, that's just me, and some people are. Some people want to be nomadic long term. Yeah. Fully nomadic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's, yeah, there's always some aspect I think of connection to a place in some way, right? Like for example, they're, you know, they're both from the same area and I know they go back fairly often, you know, to see their family and see friends and whatever. So that's still something, right? Even though technically they don't own or rent anything there, it's still in a way a sense of a base, you know? Um, So yeah, there's always something. I think well, and one thing I've learned is there's a difference between uh, owning property and having something that's actually a base. Like we have an apartment in Buenos Aires and we call that our home base, but I haven't been there in like two and a half years. <laughs> Whoa. So like, I don't think that really counts as a base. And honestly, the main reason is it's just so far away. from all of the other places that we've been in the last few years, you know? Um, So yes, I have stuff there, but in terms of like, you were saying like between trips, like I can't swap stuff out or whatever if I never go there. (laughs) 
So, um, but at the same time, it is nice to know, you know, if all else fails, like there's one place in the world where we could go, you know, and we're both like legally allowed to be there as long as we want. And, you know, all of those things, I think that's a piece of it too, right? Like for both of us, um, like you and I right now have apartments in places that, um, you know, we don't have like permanent residency or whatever. Right. So there's always that little bit of a, like, what if this like falls apart? Right. Like what if I get kicked out or something? So, um, there's, for me, there's a bit of a peace of mind in that just knowing like if all else fails, we both have residency in Argentina. Like we could just go back and like, you know, live in our apartment there. That's a, yeah, that's a really, that's a really cool thing. It's a good peace of mind. Yeah. Let's talk about finding love on the road. <laughs> uh, say hi to Roberto for me. I will. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met at a salsa club in Buenos Aires. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't originally nomadic. Like, what was he doing at that time? Yeah, he had a regular office job in IT. And... Um, you know, was fine with it, I think. But as soon as I came along and he was like, wait, what are you doing in Argentina? And like, why are you thinking about leaving? And I was like, oh, well, I work for myself. And I just, you know, came here because I could. And he was like, that's amazing. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it really, in our case, I know this is not the same for everybody, but in our case, it really wasn't a tough sell, you know, he was like, great. I wanted to do something different and I just didn't even know what was possible, you know? Um, so I just kind of introduced him to this idea and he's like, yeah, great. Okay. I'm down for that. And, um, and also when we met, I was on the verge of leaving Argentina and not coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is important to point out too, just because, that's a natural situation that someone might find themselves in, right? It's like you meet someone, but like, ah, but wait, I wasn't planning to stay here. And, but I was at a point where I, you know, we really hit it off and I thought I want to stick around and see where this goes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then we got engaged and then we got married. And um, through that process, we started to talk about, you know, what kind of work he could do remotely. and. Um, he did initially look at some, you know, remote things for his, for the work he was already doing. And it's just, it's a specific branch of it work that it seems like they just want you in the office. And most of the companies that use the software um, he's certified in is like, like super huge companies. You know, you got to be in meetings all day and like all that crap. Like you can't just work at home. So, um, we were looking at, you know, switching him to, to doing some online work and then he quit his job like three months after we got married. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know that you are always told how lucky you are to have that, you know, to have that, have that situation. Like, yeah. Anyway. I know. As someone who's recently, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, no longer a part of a relationship. Um, it, because of that reason as well, you know, it's like it's very difficult for uh, some people to transition over from there. You know, some people it's impossible. Yeah. Um, so, but I think 
you know, when you find someone like that, you did well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't let them go. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, well, do you want to move on to the quick fire round? Sure. Let's do it. I think it's about time. Cool. Um, <clears throat> question number one, what is your favorite book slash genre? If you can't think of a book. Oh my God. Uh, I'm an avid reader, so this is very hard to narrow down. Well, nonfiction, well, ah, even that is hard. You know, I really go back and forth between reading like tons of business books and like, you know, tons of like 19th century fiction. Like I'm all over the place. Oh my God. Favorite book. <laughs> it's always the like writers and the, the you know what? Actually, I'm going to go for The Waves by Virginia Woolf. Oh, Yeah. Pull one out of the archives. <laughs> I'm sure there are many. Yes. Um, do you collect anything? For a while, I was collecting magnets, actually. They seemed like a good thing that I could get in different locations and that don't, you know, like they don't take up a lot of space. And um, so I do actually have a collection. They're back in uh, Buenos Aires. But I think I kind of forgot that I was collecting them. And also, also, I think the other thing is if anyone has ever had like a credit card demagnetized, which I have, or, you know, something like that, you start to get a little paranoid about magnets, just like being, you know, rolling around in your bag. So that might be part of it too, that I just started to get a little wary of magnets. What is your favorite city in the world to nomad from in? Ah, that's a tricky one. Also, because I feel like so many different cities are good for different reasons, right? Let's have a top three because I know you have a... All right. Uh, well, I'm going to have to put Mexico City, my current location, on there. Um, Bangkok. And where else have I been? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Literally everywhere. <laughs> I know. Uh, any, any places in Europe? Or you know... You know, actually, I would like, I was going to say like Barcelona, but the funny thing is I haven't been to Barcelona since like 1999. <laughs> so I can't really put that on my list. I've heard it's amazing for nomading. <laughs> awesome. um, oh yeah, I met you here in Bangkok, didn't I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually, I haven't been to Europe in a very long time. Roberta's been starting to, you know, poke at me about that. So we may have to do that soon. Hmm. Cool. Um, what do you like about Mexico city? Uh, what do I like about Mexico city? Um, it's, it's a really cool place. There's so many, like, just like kind of surprises. I feel like there've been a couple times I've been walking around with a friend and I've been like, if you dropped your average American on this corner and said, guess where you are, like there's no way they would think they were in Mexico city. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's mainly because Americans have a terrible impression of Mexico <laughs> and they have no idea what it's really like. Right. Um, but it's like green and leafy. In fact, I just posted a couple of pictures on Facebook the other day. I was like, do you realize that Mexico city is actually this lush, lovely place? I mean, it's dry also, but it's very green um, there's some awesome parks here. I'm a big fan of city parks. Um, the Metro is awesome. Um, the food is amazing. I mean, food was really one of the top reasons we came to Mexico to begin with. So I'm all about the food. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, you know, it's also a huge city with traffic and pollution and <laughs> all of that crap, but I feel like the other stuff makes up for it. So you're definitely a city girl more than a... Well, you know, it's funny. I've, I felt that I was for a long time. Uh, and then by the time we left Buenos Aires, you know, Roberta grew up there and I'd lived there for five years. We were kind of burnt out, I think. And we were like, let's just chill. And like, we went to Langkawi in Malaysia, you know, like two months on the beach, just chilling. And, you know, we went to some quiet places in Costa Rica. Um, we've been to some small towns in Mexico and I was like, ah, oh, maybe we're just, you know, slowing down. Like maybe this is all right. And then we spent quite a bit of the last couple of years in San Miguel de Allende, which is about three hours North of Mexico city. And actually, I don't think it's the fault of it being a small town. I think it's the fault of it being an expat haven. Um, and I was thinking back on my experience in Buenos Aires where I felt like I had a really international group of friends, lots of local friends as well. And I just like was living life like my neighbors, you know, like just like normal people who live there. And I didn't feel that way in San Miguel. I felt like there was this kind of like parallel universe that the expats live in. And I had a hard time breaking in to like the local world in a way. And I thought maybe that's easier in a big city you know, where there's people from everywhere and they're more used to a variety of, you know, types of people and experiences. And, and, um, so far we've only been here a couple months, but so far I would say that's true. So I'm still not sure if it's a big city versus small town thing, or if it's about the expat question, but, um, but yeah, for now we're happy to be back in the big city. All right. Remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, what would you consider your life mission? <sighs> this is such a hard one. I feel like I'm all over the place, and yet I think I know what it is, but it seems so basic. <laughs> no, there's no there's... Um, I guess right now if I had to sum it up, it would be to, like, encourage people to – make the hard decisions and like make the big changes that will create the life they really want. Mm. I like that one. Nice. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. <laughs> well, if you, <clears throat> so let's say there's someone who's listening to this, who's thinking about uh, going nomadic and uh, isn't sure if it's the right thing for them. Um, or even someone actually, let me, I like to switch this question. I'm always just the same all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, nomadic now and wants to, you know, is, is struggling to continue. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of what, not getting bored, but like, is like, what, how can I make this sustainable? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, they're not burning out, but I think you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Like, what is your advice to that person? <laughs> Thanks for answering the question that I haven't really asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is, um, I like, helping people who are in that spot of like, it's like, I thought this was it, but this isn't quite it or, you know, something like that. And I, ah, oh, what advice would I have? I think it would be to really just, I mean, kind of like what we were talking about before, right? Like kind of take stock of like, why did you start doing this and why are you doing it now? And 
what's important to you and are you getting what you need? And um, yeah, like what is it that's not fulfilling you right now or that feels out of, out of whack or whatever it is and just starting to, you know, look at, okay, well then what needs to change to get those things back in alignment? Um, it's interesting. Uh, when people are unhappy with their circumstances, uh, it's often because the, the blueprint that they, they have, their expectations that they had for their, their trip or their life, or whatever, um, they're not, the, what's actually happening doesn't match their blueprint, right? And um, I'm sure you've seen this a lot with nomads as well, as, as people are like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And, and almost always that's related to an, as some aspect of community. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, or it's, you know, all of the pretty pictures they've seen online of people working at the beach or, you know, whatever. And then they're like, that's not my life. That's not my reality. What's up with that? You know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's, um, you know, there can be some of our own expectations, um, that we put on it. And also it's funny. I think I talk to a lot of people who, before they get started are worried that they're going to be lonely. And, um, (laughs) yeah. And then people, and then a lot of people, you know, and then some people are telling them like, no, no, you're going to meet tons of people and you'll be fine. And you know, whatever. And depends on the person, right. And depends on your personality. Like, it's funny. I've had, I've talked to some people on the podcast who are like, I'm never lonely. Like there's a million people to talk to. I'm making friends every day. And then the next person I talk to, they're like, it is so hard to meet people, (laughs) but you know, so it really depends on your approach and also like the kinds of places that you go, the places you hang out, the way you work also. Cause like, I am very much, I like to work. I'd say 95% of the time I work where I'm staying. Um, cause especially like when you're doing something like editing or coaching, it's hard to do that stuff in a co-working space or at a cafe. So yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think, well, and that's the thing. Like, I think the bottom line is really that a lot of that, you can't really know what it's going to be like for you and what's going to work and what's not going to work until you just get out there and do it. Exactly. And then, and then that's why that's where the tweaking comes in, right? Because you realize, oh, wait a minute, this part's not working. Let me mix this up a little bit because I'm learning as I go. Mm, exactly. Cool. Great advice. Um, Amy, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, probably the best place is nomadtopia.com. And um, most of the time these days, I'm either on Instagram, I'm at nomadamy, um, or uh, on my nomadtopia Facebook page. Nice. We'll have those uh, those links in the show notes, which you can find at digitalnomad.me. Check them out. Amy, you are a pleasure to have on the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.